0: The news cycles in the media are a funny thing. First, they were talking about the fiscal cliff and that scare tactic, and now it's the debt ceiling. Ooh, we've got to raise the debt ceiling. You know, instead of raising the debt ceiling, how about we lower the spending floor? Just a thought. It's January 14th, 2013. Ah! He's been shunned by commercial radio, unable to be bought and paid for by corporate America, and running on the fossil fuel of common sense. For those of us that choose to live dangerously in the radical middle, welcome to the zip code famous Michael Graff Show. Now the world. was rolling there, I put on a jacket. It's it's kind of chilly in this room. It's just damn cold outside, I'll tell you that. All the talk of global warming. I, I couldn't hear Al Gore and his global warming stuff over the sound of people's pipes bursting across the Phoenix metro area. We have uh, had some of the coldest days in many years. All across the western U.S., especially here in the southwest, the desert has just been freezing. It was only like uh, 43 today. Yeah, 43 here in the in the Phoenix area. The snowbirds, the people that come here and visit from uh, from New York or whatever, I'm sure they weren't very happy. I go there for the warm weather, and I'm here, and it's cold. It's warmer in New York than it was here. The most amazing thing that actually happened over the weekend... I sent out a tweet about this on Sunday morning. It was about 6.30 in the morning and the temperature at uh, at my house was uh, 27 degrees. In Fairbanks, Alaska, it was 30 degrees. It was warmer in Fairbanks, Alaska than it was at my house. Have all the plants covered. Everything is just... Uh, it's been very, very cold. And, and I'm not really complaining about it. I'm going to be wanting begging for this weather when we get around to about june july and august you know the time where i get on the podcast and i spend half the show bitching about how damn hot it is in the studio or you actually hear the sound of me sweating as i'm talking into the microphone which is always a pleasant thing so i'm i'm looking forward to um looking forward to uh to talking about that and just looking back on this show and I'll be like, man, I I really wish I just did the the podcast from outside, so I could just remember that chilled feeling. Actually, it's weird. At the time I'm doing the show, it's early evening. It's already down to 38 outside. We're almost down to freezing already. Wow, whatever. It's uh, it's gonna be a chilly one, and I, I'm I'm glad it's it's great. And uh, winter is here. Global warming people be gone. Haven't really heard much from them lately. Uh, It is the zip code famous Michael Graff Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Contact information for the program, mike at kmgx.com. That is our email address. It's mike at kmgx.com. Michael Graff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. Graff Show on Google Talk. Michael Graff on Twitter. And for everything else, Michael Graff related. It's always michaelgraff.com. You can always leave your feedback on this or any other podcast. You can get signed up to get email notifications every time a brand new podcast Show is posted And of course Should you feel like it You can donate to this program as well All of that can be done at the one and only com. So the media scare tactic now Is the big talk of the debt ceiling Now we talk about this every year That has become a regular term That people uh, throw around This is something that we've been talking about That every year Congress has been raising the debt ceiling uh, ever since long before I was born, ever since I don't know nineteen twenty something, I don't even know how long this has been going on. But it's it's been, God, probably a hundred years Congress has been raising the debt ceiling in this country. But it really has only become fashionable to talk about it in the last five or six years. Certainly toward the end of the Bush administration and and during the Obama years, uh, we've been talking about it, and we're back to it again. It's it, we talk about it starting about the new year because generally the debt ceiling gets raised in about, oh, March or so. And right now, I think our current debt ceiling is at about like $16.4 trillion, which is about where our debt is. So we're going to need to raise the debt ceiling. Uh, if we don't, then it means that the U.S. is sort of defaulting on its debts, I suppose. It's a, it's a very complicated thing. I don't really want to get into it. We talk about this every year. It does get tiring to talk about it because... Spoiler alert, we always raise the debt ceiling. Congress, no matter who is in control, specifically the House of Representatives, because that's who has control of the budget, and that's really, um, those are the, they, they control the purse strings for the United States. Every year, regardless of who is in control of Congress, the Republicans, the Democrats, whatever, they always raise the debt ceiling. And then there's always some outrage after they do it, But of course, if they don't, what winds up happening is is the government gets shut down. And that's exactly what we're being threatened with once again. Well, uh, Obama's up there. He's saying, hey, if the Republicans decide not to raise the debt ceiling, uh, government programs are going to be shut down. You won't get your Social Security check. You people on Medicare, you people on Social Security or disability or you military veterans, you won't be getting your checks this year. Uh, You won't be getting your Social Security check because the republicans have decided not to raise the debt ceiling and unfortunately i just wonder how long can we continue to operate in this country raising the debt ceiling and continuing to put things on the credit card president obama himself was against raising the debt ceiling back in 2006 when he was a senator he he well he was campaigning in 2008 he warned us he said uh, this you know george bush is uh, had an economic policy of just putting things on a credit card and paying for them later. Well, later is coming, and we need to start being more responsible. And now here we are in the middle of the Obama administration, and, and he's now up there saying, oh, we need to make sure that we raise this debt ceiling. It is a duplicitous message. It is just yet another in the list of hypocrisies that comes straight out of the White House. And the president will stand up there, and he'll say... If we don't raise the debt ceiling, we're going to have to shut down the government and he'll carry on like this. And look, the Republicans have certainly done the exact same thing. They have given the same duplicitous message and they'll go out there. They'll be elected by the people and they'll say they're going to be fiscally conservative. And then they get in there and they raise the debt ceiling and then they agree to read these ridiculous fiscal cliff legislation and all this other stuff. So certainly they're not blameless in all of this either. But I have just grown so tired of it. Every year we hear about this debt ceiling and every year there are promises of spending cuts to come. And every year those spending cuts get shoved off. And the president will always say, if the Republicans want to have a conversation about spending cuts, I'm certainly willing to entertain it. That's the president's standing line. I'm willing to entertain talk about X I'm willing to entertain talk about Y. I, If you want to do this I'm willing to talk about it Well he wasn't willing to talk about it Back when we were passing Obamacare He wasn't willing to talk about it um, The last time The last uh, three years The last four years We've had this uh, debt ceiling talk He wasn't willing to talk about it Right before the fiscal cliff He just wanted something to get done He didn't really care how it got done He didn't want to have any of the details of it He went to Hawaii on vacation On a taxpayer funded vacation now we're now here we are once again we've got the debt ceiling and it looks like about march is going to be the time where it needs to be passed or the government you know may shut down or something and he says look if they want to have a conversation about it i'm willing to have that conversation but not right now we need action when is it going to be a good time for us to have that conversation then if you don't want if you didn't want to have it four years ago if you didn't want to have it three years ago If you certainly, if you didn't want to have it around the time that you passed your health care plan, if you didn't want it about the time you were getting reelected, how about now? I mean, now might really be a good time. Once again, here we are. We're at $16.4 trillion in debt. That is near our debt ceiling. And why not? Why can't we have that conversation now? Oh, because we... Uh, Well, the Republicans, I'll I'll say this, the Republicans gave up their bargaining chip, the only bargaining chip they had, they gave up in the fiscal cliff legislation. And I think people are just so tired of it, as evidenced by that 9% approval rating that we talked about that Congress has. People are tired of the Republicans, people are tired of the Democrats, they just want to know, why did my taxes go up? And that is the number one question. I see it on Twitter. I see it in comments on news stories. And I see it in blogs that I'm... Well, I'm doing show prep. I mean, everywhere I see it, people are saying they're getting their first paychecks for the year 2013. And they're noticing their their um, the amount of money that's being taken out has gone up. Their taxes have gone up. And we're talking about middle-class people now. Middle-class people who, of course, Obama claims that he's defending... He, he told us during the campaign, I am not going to raise the taxes on the middle class. And yet the taxes on the middle class have been raised. Now, let's let's be fair about this. That was a there was a payroll tax holiday that went into effect about a year and a half ago. This was another way to stimulate the economy. How did that work out? Well, we had a payroll tax holiday and <clears throat> uh, a that expired here at the beginning of the year. Part of the fiscal cliff legislation, they were initially going to extend that payroll tax holiday. Well, they didn't. So, everyone's paycheck, your taxes went up a little bit because the payroll tax holiday ended. So, you're paying a little bit more than 2%. I think it's like 2.4% more in taxes out of every check now. And I realize, you know, people are going, oh, 2.4%, big friggin' deal. Who cares? You know, when you're one of those people that lives paycheck to paycheck and when, you, when every dollar counts, 2.4% is a big deal. Obviously, people have noticed. People are noticing to the point where they're posting this all over the web. People are talking about it. This is something that now people are pointing the finger at President Obama. And you know what I'm saying to you people? I'm saying, I told you so. I know that's kind of a dick move but I'm just here to tell you I've been warning you about this for a long time if you thought you were going to elect President Obama and have, if you, if you were one of these middle class people that decided to vote for President Obama because your middle class taxes you weren't going to have your taxes raised he was only going to go after those evil rich people I guess again everybody got hit in this tax increase one way or another everybody did Across the board. Unless you make so little money that you don't even have to pay taxes annually, then you weren't really affected. But everybody else was affected. No matter what. And that's just the thing is that you have to deal with this now. This is what you voted for. And I'm using you in the sense of the royal you. You, the United States, you voted for this. Now own it. Now accept it. Now accept the fact that... um, When you get your paycheck, your taxes are indeed higher. Well, you know, Mike, that's not really fair because it was a payroll tax holiday. I mean, you can't expect that thing to go on forever. I don't know why not. Oh, speaking of tax increases, get ready to pay more at the pump for a gallon of gas, at least if the federal government has their way. Uh, Right now, when you buy gas here in the United States, you pay two taxes on it. You're paying a state tax, which varies from state to state. It can be as little as $0.16 cents a gallon to as much as about $0.40 cents a gallon or so, maybe $0.50 cents more. And then the federal tax is locked in at $0.18.4 cents a gallon. Well, of course, the federal government can't seem to come up with a way to generate more revenue other than raising taxes. They, they've they just never thought to cut a budget in their life. So they're thinking about raising the federal tax on gasoline. So instead of paying 18.4 cents a gallon, they want you to pay 46 cents a gallon. So raising the cost of gasoline by approximately 28 cents a gallon. Wow. There you go. Well, any, any, uh, you know, the, the price of gas had been steadily declining, I think it was uh, actually under $3 a gallon here in the state of Arizona on average. Well, if this were to go through, of course, if this were to pass, then that would certainly throw that out the window. And people are going to wonder, at what point at what point is enough enough? At what point is enough taxation enough? Well, we have a, the payroll tax has gone back up. We're certainly going to see some tax increase. We already have tax increases on people making more than $400,000 a year. Um, Now we're raising the fuel taxes. And of course, President Obama made these. Oh, I'm not going to raise your taxes. And I got to say this, got to say this. This is another thing that was warned about. We talked about this during the election. Taxes are going to go up. They don't necessarily have to get you on the federal income tax to increase your taxes. They'll just increase taxes on things you need. You know, food, groceries, for example, gas, water, electricity, whatever. They'll just increase the taxes in other areas. That's what they do. It's very sneaky, So, this is something to uh, get a hold of, talk to your congressman about, and tell them, absolutely not. We have enough taxation. Of course, they say they need this for the federal highways. And certainly, our highways are in a state of um, disrepair. We've talked about this. We have 70,000 bridges in a state of disrepair in the United States. 70,000 bridges. We talked about that after that bridge in Minneapolis collapsed several years ago. And, of course, that report came out, about 70,000 bridges across the country needing repairs of some type. Some of them minor repairs, some of them uh, serious repairs. And very few of them ever since have been repaired. So I understand that we need uh, these federal highway funds to do that. Um, But raising uh, the cost of gas by another 28 cents in order to accomplish that. What's happening to the money that we are using, incidentally? And what about the states? Uh, Do these states ever pay into this? I mean, are, are the states helping to fix these roads? Because I see state workers out there fixing these state roads all the time. So I'm just wondering where all the money is going. I think it might be time for the federal government to start opening up the books. Since we're paying into this system, don't you think we kind of have the right to see exactly where this money is going and have a better accounting of where all this money is going? Now, the other topic of conversation that's going on in Washington, and I really don't want to get too heavy into this because we have just beaten this horse to death, but there is some new information here. The other thing is President Obama says that if legislation can't be utilized to come up with a solution for gun control, he reserves the right to use executive order to get a gun control solution pushed through. And, uh, of course, there's a lot of fervor. There's a lot of things that have been stirred up ever since those comments came out. And, again, they were reinforced today in a press conference. This was the same press conference where he was insisting that the Republicans get the deal done on the fiscal, uh, not the fiscal cliff, but the uh, the debt ceiling, whatever, whatever scare tactic they're using this week. Anyway, he said that some legislative measures are necessary and will be utilized, but whatever can't be done via legislation will be done via executive order absolutely not how executive order was intended to be used certainly wasn't intended to be used uh, to violate the spirit of the constitution and uh, he will be fought by the states on that issue and it will be challenged legally and many many judges will overthrow that executive order that's the thing executive orders Uh, are very different. Uh, It is a a power that the president has, but it can be more easily overturned than, say, something passed by Congress. Uh, That's part of the checks and balances system of the United States, and fortunately, uh, even if he does pass uh, gun control measures via executive order, a state can overturn it. Certainly, there are legal avenues to do so, And already the state of Arizona, for example, our governor has said, absolutely not. We would not uh, adhere. We would fight against an executive order from the president's office. And many other states uh, have agreed to do that as well. Um, Again, I don't really want to get into the gun control issue. I don't even want to really. Well, since we're on it already, let me just get to this. There is a new poll out. And for those of you that believe that Americans are all about, oh, you'll have to pry the gun for my cold, dead hand. Not exactly. New poll out that shows over 90% of Americans believe that more background checks are necessary for people that are purchasing firearms and that uh, the gun show loophole should be closed. 55% of Americans surveyed believe that um, uh, certain uh, types of weapons should not be made available. Um, it doesn't say specifically, but so-called assault rifles and some type of gun control measure should be implemented. So there you go. That's uh, two of the big things that are out in this particular survey uh, that I found. Well, obviously the the background checks, and I, I'm totally in support of a background check. I always have been. Um, but Americans, uh, again, this is not extremely specific, but Americans do believe 55% anyway. And there's a margin of error in this. I believe this is a CBS News poll. I believe there's a margin of error of plus or minus 3% in here. So, whatever, still, well, over 50% believe uh, in some type of uh, gun control or restriction. But not uh, nothing specific here. But I just thought I would throw that out there. So for those of you that think we're just all radical about guns and we're all crazy, um, that's, that's some of that. And look, there's going to be legislation. Um, even if the president tries his executive order, there's already going to be legislation that's passed by this Congress. It's going to take a little bit of time to work its way through. But certainly legislation is coming down the pike about gun control. And uh, it, the state of New York is taking a very aggressive approach to it. The state of New York, even Republicans in the state of New York, are now going to limit <laughs> magazine capacity to seven rounds. They want magazine capacity limited to seven rounds. Uh, they want an immediate ban on um, assault weapons. Again, they'd have to define what an assault weapon is, and we'll have to go th- we'd have to go through all of that. But uh, the state of New York—that is uh, a law that they want to uh, get pushed through. Of course, um, and the governor, uh, Governor Cuomo of the state of New York, and the legislative branch have been talking about that for some time, and that looks like it will be passed through um, within the next several weeks. As it is right now in the state of New York, if you're not already aware, the maximum size, the maximum capacity for a magazine is. 10 rounds and so they want to lower that to seven. All right. There you go. That's our uh, gun control update. You know, I, I even hate to talk about it just because again, it's been beaten to death, but we have new stuff that comes out. I've already expressed my, my thoughts about this whole thing. Um, but it is an inevitability and this is something that, um, You know, each state is handling it a different way. Uh, The states are, are, you know, they've got their own approach to it. The federal government certainly has um, uh, its approach. And we're going to see, there's going to be a lot of legal challenges. There is certainly going to be a lot of push from the NRA. There's going to be a lot of blowback. Um, Nevertheless, there is going to be some type of ban that comes out of all of this. Um, And I, I predict this will happen before... Before probably the end of July, I think there will be some type of ban that is uh, that is passed, and it will probably go into effect by the end of the year or the beginning of 2014. Either way, all right. Well, I've got to take a break. And when we continue, I've got a story here that did actually make it into the mainstream media, but it really doesn't have a lot of buzz or at least not nearly as much buzz as it probably should considering the magnitude of the story. So we'll talk about that. I know I'm doing a tease again. Uh, Program directors everywhere are like creaming themselves. He did a great tease there. But I know some of you don't like it when I tease what's coming up with the podcast. You just prefer that I get into it and talk about it. I don't know, old habits die hard It's just one of those things that When, when we did the live show, I used to do that And um, it's just one of those things That gets ingrained into you As a radio personality You're supposed to do a tease As to what's coming up I don't know Alright, and of course the Michael Groff Show Stupid News files. See, I'm, I'm just going to do it anyway It's just, I can't train myself not to I can't just train myself to be like Alright, and here's a break And we'll be back I don't know i just um i'll try all right here's what i'm gonna do let's let's try this again i feel like case again do this again from coming out of the record please all right so i'm gonna try this again this is how so i'll just be talking about something let's see all right so uh all right i just did my rap about gun control and now uh here's a break we'll be back it's the zip code famous michael groff show And then I would just put the brake sweeper in. See, I should have just hit the sweeper right there, but I don't know. I'm learning on the job, all right? This is, you know, this podcast, I've only been doing this show for uh, 12 and a half years. I'll get the formula right eventually. We'll see. All right, we'll be back. Taking pot shots at both sides from the radical middle. Ah! It's the zip code famous Michael Graff Show. Maybe I'm the one, maybe I'm the one, who is the schizophrenic psycho, yeah. Maybe I'm the one, maybe I'm the one, who is the schizophrenic psycho? She lays down Show on a Monday, January 14th, 2013. Mike at kmgx.com is our email address. Mike at kmgx.com, Michael Graff Show, AOL Instant Messenger, Graff Show on Google Talk, Michael Graff on Twitter, and for everything else Michael Graff related where you can even donate to this program and just a whole bunch of other stuff, it is the one and only michaelgraff.com. One of the biggest stories from over the weekend that a lot of people aren't really talking about, even though it did make it into the mainstream media, but I just don't think nearly enough media outlets are covering it. And I certainly haven't heard nearly enough. And it's really a sad story. Aaron Schwartz, uh, the guy that created the website Reddit, I obviously, I, I have to tell you this, I'm just. Full disclosure here, because this is a show, I'm I'm very honest on this show, probably brutally so. I had never, ever been to Reddit before. Ever. I had never been there. I had no idea what it was about. Um, I I didn't really know. I, I Somebody had mentioned it uh, some years ago. I, I, I do recall now that I, I've really sort of thought about it. People I've heard people talk about it, but I had no idea what it was or anything. So I just sort of brushed it off. I didn't even really give it another thought. But apparently, I know to many of you that listen, you you know exactly who Aaron Schwartz is. You know what Reddit is. Um, I use many different sites for prep for this show. Reddit has never been one of them because I had never been there, honestly. Um, but I guess it was one of the first of its kind certainly to have all these submitted links and, and ways to, uh, uh, I don't know, vote and, and uh, sort of uh, a portal site in a, in a sense for a lot of other news outlets and all this sort of thing and i mean it, it was the first of its kind to do a lot of that and you know there's been a lot of sites that have utilized uh, similar technology but it's just a way to get a bunch of information in one place certainly there are other sites that did it before but i think this one uh, a, a lot more revolutionary um and everybody that has talked about Aaron Schwartz, he's like, they're like, oh my God, he's like the internet genius and everything. I will say he did come up with the early version of RSS, which of course is part of this show. RSS feeds used for um, uh, syndicating news stuff and, uh, and, and feeds. So RSS is crucial to a lot of internet shows, podcasts, um, blogs, all that sort of thing. And he came up with that. In addition, he's one of these dudes that believes that uh, information on the internet should be free. It should be easily accessible. And he was certainly a champion for a lot of online causes. I I speak about him in the past tense because, in case you don't know, Aaron Schwartz was found dead at 9.30 a.m. I believe this was on Saturday. He killed himself. Apparently, he hung himself... Very, very uh, disappointing. Very, very just a very sad story. There's there's a whole bunch of sad undertones to this story. There's a, a whole sub-drama to this. He even stood against um, the SOAP Act, the Stop Online Piracy Act. Uh, he stood against that. And I do remember this now that I've, I've given it some thought over the weekend. He was one of those guys that was helping champion the cause against CARP back when I was doing the internet radio stuff when I was doing um, running all those online stations and program my own station and all that kind of stuff. carp was uh, carp stood for the copyright arbitration royalty panel. They wanted to institute ridiculously high royalty rates on internet stations. A lot of people that ran internet stations and still a lot of people that run them today, do it as a hobby It is not something they do to make money It's just people that want to share music with other people They have their own musical taste And they want to put it out there Some people just run these small stations Or, or some people use it to make a little bit of extra money But they certainly don't have the kind of money That we would have wound up having to pay Had CARP and similar measures been put into place And Aaron Schwartz was another guy That was fighting on our side against that So certainly uh, I I raise a glass to this dude um, you know, I didn't know about Reddit. I didn't know about a lot of that other stuff. But now I've been very ensconced in reading about all this uh, over the weekend. I really feel bad for this kid. And it sucks because he was facing 35 years in jail and millions of dollars in fines because and I don't want to get into a whole long explanation simply because the story's out there, and I think probably most people that listen to the show already are aware, but he was facing a lot of charges from the federal government because he, according to them, hacked into MIT and made public a lot of information that was already public. He essentially just made it easier to um, to access some millions of journals that MIT already had available. MIT does not have a protected network, all right? And so he just went in there and he downloaded like everything in their library and he put it out in the public. That's basically what he did. Um, it, it Maybe it was a little inconsiderate to use all of the bandwidth at MIT to do so, um, but they want to say that he hacked in. He had a login and password. He had access to what, to uh, MIT. It's not like he stole anybody's login. It's not as if he used any sort of underhanded measure or got around any security. Uh, you know, he didn't use any back doors or anything like that. This This guy just went on there and he made completely public information that was already basically public anyway. And of course... Anytime anybody that does a computer or anything is involved, um, right away they want to charge this guy like with. He's basically like a terrorist to the United States Attorney's Office. So the U.S. Attorney, uh, somebody by the name of Carmen Ortiz, was um, one of the uh, prosecuting attorneys on this case. And now they feel bad because they, they actually have dropped the charges. Well, that's nice of them to drop charges against a dead guy. But I guess uh, Schwartz felt that um, The pressure was mounting It was just a little bit too much Um, You can't face the federal government It's just very very hard to fight against the feds Especially when he admits to what he did But he doesn't believe that he did anything wrong He didn't believe that he committed a crime And just about anybody that's looked at this objectively And has any sort of educated point of view on it Agrees He did not break any laws he may have violated the terms of service for mit and their network but he didn't do anything beyond that violating the terms of service for something is not uh is not grounds for a lawsuit um certainly isn't well it isn't grounds for a uh, prosecution from the u.s attorney's office at most maybe you would uh ban the guy from your network it's considered impolite what he did perhaps but it's nothing illegal, nothing. And certainly don't take my word for it. This is, again, another one of those cases where whenever we talk about stuff on this show, and if you disagree with something I say, or if you are a little bit unsure, don't just take my word for it. Go and look it up for yourself. I mean, that's what I've been doing all weekend. And, you know, at first, when I read the story about him, you know, I, I had read one of these stories that was published, I think, on CBS News, and they basically laid out this whole criminal case that was against him. They just basically said that he was um, uh, up on charges of fraud and computer hacking and all this other stuff, and he was facing 35 years. And I was like, wow, uh, this guy was kind of a douche until you really read into it. There's a lot of details in here, and you understand exactly what he did, what his, quote, crime was it was nothing. And so for a, the aggressive prosecution, obviously people were out looking for blood here. And this Carmen Ortiz and everybody else that was involved in the prosecution of this guy, um, just rotten hell. I mean, really, you, you there's a very hot place for you people in hell. And anybody that is a pioneer like this and anybody that would stand up for the freedom of information and exchange on the internet and um, somebody that would fight against these bastards like uh, the people behind SOPA and CARP and all this other nonsense that's gone on on the internet over the years and somebody that created something that was so revolutionary to the web like RSS. I mean, that's as revolutionary to the web as, I don't know, as the web itself, so and I, and I don't want to wax too poetically here, but uh, the guy definitely deserves his due. Uh, what a what a genius! Now uh, his friends do describe him as having many um, issues with depression, and certainly people like that—they always say geniuses always have uh, depression issues. Probably uh, because they're very smart, and a lot of people in the world are stupid, and it depresses them. Quite frankly. <laughs> You know geniuses are usually left on an island by themselves because frankly, they're smart, and as a result, they're ostracized when they grow up throughout you know their their uh, their time in school. they don't necessarily uh, they're not the popular kids. And when they get to college, they take a lot of majors that don't necessarily make them popular, and they don't get into a lot of stuff where they can talk to and relate to things of the common man the the average IQ'd individual. And so they're just out there busy inventing things that wind up changing the world for everybody else, including all the dummies out there. So of course they're depressed. He even gave a keynote speech at a conference in Washington back in May. I'm just looking at all these different facts about him. It's just a very depressing story. Anytime somebody commits suicide, it's sad. I know some people said, well, he was just selfish. and, But I have to tell you this. This is one of those few times... Now, this story even appeared on the on the Drudge Report. It appeared on uh, Fox News, I think on Fox Business News also. This story was on CNN. It's been on a lot of the major news outlets on TV and online. And I will say, by and large, and it's rare that I see this, probably about 90% or over 90% of the comments are in favor of this kid. They are totally against the U.S. Attorney's Office and the prosecuting uh, of of the Department of Justice and all this. They're totally on the side of Aaron Schwartz. A lot of people really get what's going on here. I was very impressed. I am very happy to see uh, the American public and, frankly, the world come together on this. and, And by, again... Well over 90% of the comments very positive and very in favor here of Aaron Schwartz and basically saying F you to the U.S. Attorney's Office of the Department of Justice and MIT who also uh, wanted to prosecute him. MIT has a hand in this as well. And you guys have blood on your hands. I just hope you know that. You certainly drove this kid to suicide. And I know, look, suicide is a personal decision and certainly it was Aaron's decision to make but at the same time when you've got the feds chasing you down they are prosecuting you and you're looking at 35 years or more and millions of dollars in fines i don't know sometimes i guess probably that would be just about enough to drive any of us to hang ourselves or whatever just a sad story especially because the kid was so smart and uh You know, you you always wonder what somebody like that would have come up with next. Even Steve Jobs, you know, after he died, people wonder, you know, Apple is now really having a problem. Their stock is way down. Apple's having a lot of issues and uh, people are really missing Steve Jobs. And just, you know, it's the same thing here with this kid. I mean, who knows what we would have come up with next. If he already came up with RSS and he came up with these websites people love and no, now, now I'm gonna have to start using Reddit, and I, I never have. Of course, now it won't be cool anymore. As soon as I start using something, that's when it's not cool. Like I got on, I got into MySpace, um, and then it wasn't cool anymore. So I'm like, all right, I'm done with social media. And then I, I did Twitter, and I guess Twitter is still all right. I guess it's kind of big. Twitter's sort of, it, it may, that may take off. <laughs> All right, and as if you're not depressed enough from all this, here's a survey that should really lighten up the mood a little bit. Male members of a jury are more likely to find a defendant guilty if the accused person is an overweight female. This is according to a recent study by Yale University psychologists. They say male and not female jurors are also more inclined to believe that a fat woman is a repeat offender who had malicious intent. Guys really are pigs, aren't they? (laughs) Guys are just animals. (laughs) The researchers gathered a group of 471 pretend peers of varying body sizes and described to them a case of check fraud. They also presented them with one of four images, either a large man, a lean man, a large woman, or a lean woman. And identified the person in the photograph as the defendant. Participants rated the pretend defendant's guilt in a five on a five-point scale. No fat bias was present when the female pretend peers evaluated the fake female defendant. So chicks are generally nice to uh, other chicks, which I, I have heard is is actually quite the contrary. But according to this study women were generally not biased uh, on uh, body type. Or when either men or women assessed the guilt of other men. So women were were just kind to men. Men were, were good to other men. But when the male pretend peers pronounced judgment on the fake female defendants, physical bias weighed on their decision, literally. Skinnier male jurors, took the accusations a step further. The male pretend jurors were proven to be significantly more likely to find the obese female defendants rather than slim ones uh, guilty. But the slimmer male participants were uh, also the harshest. Frequent labeling of fat women as repeat offenders with awareness of their crimes. So if you're like a really skinny dude, If you're like a a, a lean guy, according to this survey, you are the most likely to not only find obese women or or fat women to be guilty, but you also are, are willing to label them, more likely to label them repeat offenders and aware of their crimes. Women were shown to have little to no weight bias towards any of the defendants, and there were no fat bias of any gender when assessing male defendants. An overweight person has a body mass index of between 25 and 30. Over 30 is classified as obese. A normal BMI is 18.5 to 25. The American Medical Association lists that as the average American's BMI. Oh, the average American's BMI is 28.6. So we're all overweight. So the bottom line is we really shouldn't be judging anybody else based on their weight Well, especially when it comes to a crime, no matter what it is. But we shouldn't be judging people on their weight anyway because we're all fat asses here in the United States. We are. I could certainly stand to lose a few pounds. Chances are, if you're in the United States right now, you could too. Average BMI 28 points. I hate that BMI thing, though. I do kind of hate that. I don't think it's the most accurate measure of whether or not you're overweight or not. I don't know. Maybe if I wasn't overweight, I, I would think it differently, but uh, who knows, man? Who really... All I know is as when it comes down to it, we're a bunch of assholes and this is a very disturbing survey. And I really hope if, God forbid, I should ever have to stand trial for something and I am being judged by a jury of my peers, I really do hope it's a bunch of women because apparently women are very nice no matter what you look like, which is very contrary to what a lot of women tell me. Um, women... Actually most of the time what I have heard is that women are especially brutal to other women when it comes to their appearance their weight yes but especially what they wear and whatnot I don't know I don't know man I'm just going based on what I've been told but this survey seems to fly in the face of that and that's fine by me so what a depressing survey (laughs) we are a judgmental people aren't we human beings we're we're all pretty disgusting that's what i get out of it all right a uh, quick break and we will continue with more of whatever the hell this is i know it's the zip code famous michael groff show we'll be back michael groff show i am so stupid it's the zip code famous michael groff show Groff Show, Google Talk, Michael Groff on Twitter, and for everything else Michael Groff related, it's always michaelgroff.com. Budweiser has admitted what we already knew. Budweiser's like Lance Armstrong. They're already admitting, or they have admitted, that their beer sucks, and it's pretty much flavorless. I wouldn't call it flavorless, exactly. It, It does have a flavor. It's just crap. It's like fermented water. It's very um bitter and i don't know there budweiser has uh, the perfect one two punch of horrible first of all it tastes it tastes well actually it's got the trifecta it tastes terrible going in it's got a terrible aftertaste and god forbid if you should ever throw it up it is really really horrific so budweiser congratulations the rare trifecta of terrible beer but Budweiser says, "All right, we know our beer's crap, so we're putting out a brand new beer." You know, following the trend of craft beers and microbreweries, and everybody is sort of shifting away from the American swill. Even, even your uh, your average everyday beer drinker is starting to realize that Budweiser is garbage, and that there are much better selections out there for a reasonable price. Budweiser says, "All right, all right, we're gonna we're gonna jump on the craft beer bandwagon." And so they're putting out Budweiser Black Crown. Now, I haven't actually tried this yet. I don't even know if it's out yet. Um, I do see a uh, a picture here. This is the, the Budweiser Black Crown label. I'm still not really interested. I guess I'll try it. I see they have a, a picture of it, and it's not, you can't see through it completely. Light still passes through it, but you can't see through it. Although I get if they're, if they're using the same yeast to make it, it's probably still going to be crap, don't you think? They would have to go through a completely different process to make it. They would probably have to have, I don't know, perhaps another company do it, because I don't think Anheuser Busch is capable of making a beer that's any good. Budweiser is the beer you drink because you really don't have a lot of money, and you're having a bunch of people over, and you're not a beer snob and the rest of your friends aren't beer snobs and you're just going to hang out in your double wide all night and you're going to watch WWE, you're going to throw down a couple of cases of Budweiser. That is the market that Budweiser has cornered right now. The redneck double wide WWE watching crowd or the college student who doesn't want to go out and get malt liquor necessarily See, when I was in college and we didn't have a lot of money, we would we would get like um, Mickey's Big Mouths or, um, you know, stuff like that. Zima. (laughs) Zima was horrible. (laughs) So, you know, that's the kind of stuff that you would get back then. Mickey's Big Mouth. Man, those were great because Mickey's was like this malt liquor. It was really cheap and it would get you really screwed up. I mean, it didn't you'd get a six pack, but you wouldn't need the entire six pack to get drunk. Absolutely not Budweiser the problem also is It's so watered down And it's so lackluster You need like 17 of them just to get a buzz Budweiser is just like Nasty tasting water that If you drink like enough of them If you have like 30 of them You'll probably be pretty intoxicated Cop pulls you over And they're like hey man how many have you had to drink tonight Uh 12 12 Yeah but it's Budweiser Oh okay sir carry on. So be looking for that on store shelves everywhere. I don't know. I'm kind of a beer snob, so I I doubt, you know, I might try it once. Sure. Why not? Give it a shot. See what it's like. Probably hate it. If it's like any of the other products associated with Anheuser-Busch or Miller Brewing Company or any of those, I will probably dislike it. One of the worst beers I've ever had, incidentally, is Bush beer. Probably if I came up with my bottom three, Beers of all time. I'm sure it's got to be something along the lines of Bush Beer, Red Dog, and, I don't know, uh, Schlitz. (laughs) Schlitz, I think, is actually malt liquor. I don't even know. But I would probably go in that order. Um, Perhaps PBR is in there. That's pretty terrible. Red Dog, man, that used to be one of those beers they would sell at the grocery store. It was everywhere. And it was really cheap. It was like the Thunderbird of beers. You would get it for, I don't know, a dollar a six pack or so It was so damn cheap. I just remember in college, it was something, one of my friends bought some Red Dog once, and I, I took a big swig of it. And I just remember going, oh, I was about ready to yak right there all over the place. So uh, no, uh, absolutely not. Um, just keep walking. If you're going to bring... Budweiser to the party, keep walking. There's a house down the street that I'm sure will take it or a double wide out a few blocks away. I'm sure that it will appreciate it. All right. And I don't know how many of you have ever been to a Spencer's. I don't know if you know what a Spencer's is. Spencer's is one of these stores. They sell a lot of quirky stuff in there. They have a lot of uh, bizarre posters, a very kind of sexually sort of, I don't know, posters of like hot chicks or semi-naked dudes and they have um they have a lot of like mugs with and shirts and all sorts of stuff mouse pads and weird things with like quirky sayings on them or even uh, explicit sort of sayings they also have um sexual stuff in there and now it's not a sex shop as such but they do have like uh, a couple of toys They have books, uh, some version of the Kama Sutra in there. Uh, Certainly, they have a lot of um, interesting things. Uh, I don't know, all sorts of weird stuff. One thing's for sure, though. Chances are, if you steal something from that store, it's going to be a little bit embarrassing. And that's exactly what happened to a 19-year-old Florida man who was collared after he stole a a $16.99 super sucker. Now, a super sucker is not a lollipop and it's definitely not something that you want to have been caught stealing. Alexander Marcelano Perez was charged yesterday with misdemeanor theft after he allegedly went to the Bradenton gift store and asked for a job application. While inside the business, Perez took the adult pleasure device from its packaging and placed it in his pants pocket, according to a police report. Perez was detained after a loss prevention officer stopped him as he tried to leave the Spencers. Perez is being held in the Manatee County Jail in lieu of $120 bond. The super sucker they have a picture of it in this article, incidentally. Oh, uh, looks looks wonderful. The super sucker is manufactured by the Doc Johnson Sex Toy Company, which describes the device as, quote, the masturbation with a real mouth sensation. The verb adds, our super sucker is ideal for guys that need extra stimulation to satisfy their cravings. Translation, the guy that's really, really lonely. If you have to steal, (laughs) I mean, buying one is probably bad enough as a guy. I think, I think if you actually went in there and laid down $16.99 to buy it, the person behind the counter, who's probably some 60 year old dude, somebody that's, you know, they're, they're getting ready for retirement or, or they're a teenager. That's just getting a job someplace. Their first job. Yeah. I work at Spencer's. Oh my God. This guy totally growth came in here today and he like totally bought a super sucker. (laughs) Ha What a lame. What a tool. <laughs> uh yeah, I think it's equally as embarrassing to buy one stealing one, I don't know. They're they're both pretty bad. So, there you go, something that you definitely do not want to be caught having stolen. All right, and uh oh, look, Bon Jovi has a new song out. Bon Jovi is one of these dudes. He keeps putting out music. Now, he's crossed over into the country genre a couple of times. He's had some hits on the country charts, which I thought was just hilarious. Obviously, the rock thing wasn't working out so well for him the last 10 years or so. But now he's back with yet another new album and and more new music. And so I'm listening to it and I I checked it out and I was like, this is just I'm sorry, but this is just not Bon Jovi anymore. We actually um, let me see here. We do have it. This is called Because We Can. Sometimes I think as an artist you just have to admit that it's over and maybe you should just Hang it up and say, look, I had a great career. Or just go around touring playing uh You Give Love a Bad Name. That, that's what they want to hear. They don't want to hear new stuff. Especially this new stuff. I don't wanna be another wave in the ocean. I am a rock, not just another grain of sand. I wanna be the one you run to when you need a shoulder ain't a soldier, but I'm here to take a stand because we can. I don't know, maybe I'm way off on this, but I just don't think it's that good. in the, kitchen, the window, so t- It. So that's some new music from Bon Jovi. Those of you that were looking for that, I heard that the other day, and I said, "Wow, really? He's he's still kicking." I mean, that's great. Good for him. He's this is 30 years now that he's had music going on and I'm sure many of us would like to have a career like that. It's just that when you get to this point, when you're putting out music like this, it might just be time to hang it up. It might be time to say, you know what, man, it's it's been nice, it's been fun. No more new music. Nothing worse than going to a concert of an artist that you liked from the 80s or 90s and they've got new music out and they'll insist upon ramming it down your throat there. So they'll do a set of maybe 16 songs. And four of them are probably new. And you're like, I don't want to hear this crap. I realize you're sort of obligated to play a couple of new songs. And, you know, maybe there's a chance that a couple of them are good. But really, we came here because of the, the volume of hits that you have put out 20 years or 30 years ago. We did not come here to hear the new crap. So understand that. Know that. If you're going to play it, you know, when you, you know when you should play that stuff? Play that stuff at after your encore And then you're like Alright man if you want to stick around We're going to do some new music okay <laughs> You know uh, we'll give you about 5 or 10 minutes to leave so that you don't have To hear it if you don't want to But if you want to stick around um, I realize it's 11.30 And you want to go home but if you do If you want to stick around and hear a couple of our new songs We'll do that for you That would be the optimal situation for it Give them an option Alright if you want to hang out If you want to listen to the new songs then that's how we'll do it. I remember I went to a concert and I don't remember. I, I I don't know which one of the bands I went to from the 80s and I Scorpions or something. No, it wasn't. It was, um, I went to a Journey concert and they had some new songs out. And I was like, really? I mean, come on. First of all, you don't even have Steve Perry anymore. You have the guy, that, that guy from the Philippines that actually in some ways sounds better than Steve Perry, but I don't want to hear the new stuff. Just, Give me separate ways. Give me uh, love and touch and squeeze in any way you want it. Um, you know, all that stuff. I don't care what it is. As long as it's from the 70s or 80s, play it. If it's not, don't want to hear it. Not interested. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, Mike, you wouldn't like anything new that's out no matter what. Uh, you don't like new music. That's really not true. Yes, I make fun of the pop chart a lot. Yes, we chronicle a lot of bad songs on this show. And it is true that good music is not as bountiful today as it was two or three decades ago. Nevertheless, there is still good music to be found. You just have to know where to look for it. You just have to sort of wait on it. it doesn't It doesn't come out like a river anymore. It's just sort of a there's sort of a a trickle of good music. You can't just turn on the radio and expect to hear a good song anymore. So you have to you have to wait. You have to sort of uh, pick your spots, as it were. But I don't know There are bands that are out that were about uh, That I liked from the 70s or 80s or 90s and, And they still put out good new music But those are few and far between That's what I'm saying So unless you're just a total stuck up curmudgeon You will like some of the new music that's out today It's just that when you go to a concert From a band that you really liked And they have certain songs that you really loved That's what you want to hear. And that's how it is. With that, I think it is time to uh, smoothly transition into the worst song of the week. As you know, the music industry is on a downhill slide, on the decline. It has been well chronicled. It is scientific fact, as we mentioned earlier, that music today is just not as good as it used to be. And we try to give you examples of that every week. The worst of the worst that's put out there in any genre, any format just so happens that the same genre seems to be highlighted most of the time. Well, here you go. The uh, worst song of the week this week belongs to, oh, look who's back. Justin Timberlake. I thought he was done, but no, he's back putting out music. And obviously if one pop star, if one uh, person uh, on the pop chart is good, then two that collaborate must be sensational. And that's this week's song, Justin Timberlake gets together with Jay Z. It's Suit and Tie. I can't wait till I get you on the phone. Good looking. Hey, going off so high, just lagging up in. just doing random noises in the background she nothing she's so sad tonight now i'm correct in assuming that justin timberlake he is straight right because you wouldn't know it listening to this i'm talking all over the hook Dressed in that dress I like. Love is in the head. Let me show you a few Let me show you a few Imitating the Bee Gees in the year 2013 just isn't cool. Sorry. Now we're in the swing of love. Let me show you a, few show you a few I know at some point Jay-Z makes an appearance on this song. Let me uh, try and fast forward to that. Let's see. Here we go. White shoes at the black show. Yo, yeah. green car for the Cuban links. You gotta love Jay-Z because he'll just say random things in the song That seem to have nothing to do with anything They have no point, they're just non-sequiturs But somehow he's wealthy enough to where he owns part of the Nets Try to hide a face with some makeup sex This is trouble season Time for tough seals for no reason. Yeah. Capital of North Dakota's Bismarck. Alexander Wang, too. Tight, tight denim and some dunks. I'll show you how to do this, young. Uh. No papers. Catch papers. Coronal mass ejections. Vegas. who on doubles ain't looking for trouble. You just got good genes, so we're trying to cover you. Viagra helps your erections. I love you. yeah father, we go father as a couple. They ain't <laughs> lose a daughter, got a son. What is he even talking about? All right, I'm done. Thank you. There it is. The worst song of the week. Anytime Jay-Z is involved, it's almost a guarantee that it's going to uh, be in the worst song of the week. It's it's just got to be. Jay-Z, Eminem, Justin Timberlake, Kesha. Imagine if Kesha, Justin Timberlake, Jay-Z... Eminem and Rihanna All got together and did a song uh, That would be like a super Black hole It would envelop all terrible songs it would, it would be the pinnacle Of awful It would surpass Macarena Mambo number 5 Anything It would pass that Eiffel 65 song Blue It would take out Everything in its path Nothing that could have ever been released would ever be able to, to beat or top or bottom or whatever the incredible craptacularness of a Jay Z, Rihanna, Justin Timberlake, Kesha, oh you can't forget Pitbull, and uh, yeah, pretty much those and and uh, Britney Spears. There we go. We have lumped in the all the terrible artists. God awful. Alright, well, Mike at KMGX.com is the email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. Graf Show on Google Talk. Michael Groff on Twitter. And for everything else Michael Groff related, it is always MichaelGroff.com. Now, while you're there, you can always comment on this or any other podcast that we release. Leave your feedback, suggestions, questions, anything like that. Also, you can sign up for email notifications every time a brand new podcast is posted. You will get the information about that. And, of course, you can donate to this program. Those are always encouraged and appreciated. All of that can be done at the one and only michaelgraf.com. You know, if you love love this podcast so much, if you just can't get enough of it, donating, well, it just helps out a lot. It's your favorite podcast. Why wouldn't you want to Shell out a few bucks to us. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. Another uh, show underway. Then we'll uh, we'll try and steer clear of uh, Justin Timberlake and Jay Z. <laughs> no more of that. All right. It's the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. I'm I'm gonna go and warm up. I, I gotta get in the shower or something and heat up. It is. It's starting to get frigid in here. It's 33 degrees outside. It's not even 10 o'clock at night. 33. Unbelievable. It's, It's already freezing. We'll see you tomorrow. Good night, everybody.